number six. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter number six. Mike, I enjoyed you tonight. Sounded just as good as you ever did. Appreciate you, Mike. Second Kings chapter six. I'm sorry, did I say six? Second Kings chapter eight. Sorry, Second Kings chapter number eight. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. 2 Kings chapter 8, beginning in verse number 1. 2 Kings chapter 8. The Bible says, Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come up upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the, at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house, and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even unto now. You may be seated. Our Father... God, as we bow in your presence tonight, it's in the holy name of Jesus. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, your help. God, we, we need you tonight. Lord, you know how we need you. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you'd help us. God, that you'd use us. Father, we pray that you'd take this stammering tongue and use it for your glory and for your honor tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd give somebody help tonight. Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd visit with somebody. God, I pray that you would speak with somebody. Lord, that you'd lift them up and encourage them tonight. And God, we just want to hold you up high. God, it did draw men to you. Father, we love you. We thank you. Give you praise and honor. And it's in your wonderful name we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. So here tonight we have the story of the Shunammite woman. And we know that the prophet Elisha uh, is mentioned here, and we know that Elisha had done great, th great things and uh, great miracles, and we know that he is a, a predecessor of Elijah. And he had picked up the mantle when he was present, when, when God came down and took Elijah. Elijah was uh, one of very few that never saw death, never tasted death. God just took him up in the whirlwind in the chariot. And he picked up the mantle, and he went, and he... He asked a double portion of the blessings that God had given to Elijah. And I believe that God honored that. I believe if you read and study 
in, in the book of First Kings, right on up to about the first chapter of Second Kings, you'll find that Elijah, I believe, did uh, concerning the miracles that he had done. Uh, you'll find that he'd done about 16 different miracles uh, according to the Word of God. And then uh, Elisha, he, uh, he requested a double portion. Well, if you study the life of Elisha, there's somewhere around 31 or 32 miracles that Elisha had performed. I believe that God gave him a double portion. I believe that God blessed him. And I thought about today concerning today's times. And I look at my own life and I look at Union Valley Church and I think about how God has blessed me and He's blessed my family. And I think about how God has blessed this little church beside the road. And I thought, you know what? I think about these young people that's coming up underneath some of us that are here at Union Valley, and I think young people, listen, hey, it's okay to ask God for a blessing. And I believe this today. I believe that we can ask God for a double portion. And I believe later on, hey, just as much as I've been blessed and just as much as Union Valley has been blessed, I believe that there's a God in heaven that sometime down the road, if it might be tomorrow, it might be next year, but I still believe that God can pour out an abundance of blessings upon His people if they cry out to Him. And they call out to him. I thought about that verse. I believe Pastor Rob mentioned it maybe this morning where it talks about that God is able to go exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ever even ask or even think. You think about that tonight, church. He's, he's an abundance God. He's an overflowing God. He is an almighty God. And I thought about, I thought about this Shunammite woman. And I thought about her life and how how that her life is kind of intertwined with the life of Elisha. And, and how that there's, there's many, uh, several instances in her life that it, it, it just kind of parallels and it just kind of goes along uh, with, with the life of, of Elisha's. And we see that there are uh, uh, several miracles that Elisha had performed just for this woman here herself. And we know uh, but, but you think about you think about the ministry of Elisha and how that this woman's life kind of parallels. And I'm going to look at that here in just a moment. But I want you to think about this. I thought about all that, all that was happening in, in Israel that day, all that was happening in, in that place there that day and the th- different things that was happening. And I thought about, you know, that how, I thought about how th- that God will take care of His own people. I thought about in, in certain situations and in certain circumstances, I thought the world, the world may be crashing and tumbling and falling around, around all around us, but I thought God's going to take care of His own. God's going to take care of His people. And I looked at the life of this woman and I seen the, 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 the problems that she was facing and I believe that she sought the Lord and I believe that she sought the man of God and I believe because of that God was delivering her. God was taking care of her. And we know this. We know that according to the Scripture that we read here tonight that, that this is not the first time that Elisha and this woman had met. In fact, you go back to chapter number 4 in Second Kings and you'll find, uh, you'll find where Elisha and this woman had come to know uh, one another. But I thought, you know, I, I thought about this. You know, no doubt that God or the, the enemy had tried to come in, that Satan had tried to come in and tried to steal and remove what God had given her, the blessings that God had given her. And I thought, you know what, I can, I can still, I thought about this, I can still uh, be blessed and have enemies. Do you realize? that I can still uh, be blessed and, and have rough days and bad days I can't I, I, now I, I, I like it like this I like to think that that God has given me every day that I've ever had 
And, and I know that God's going to give me every day that I ever will have. And I know this. I know that God is going to be in my every day. I believe that. I believe that He was in my today. And you know what? When I wake up and my mind becomes conscience in the morning, I can call upon the God of heaven. And I know that He's going to be there. And I thought I can be blessed in that very day, no matter what I'm facing in this life, I can still have the blessings of God upon my life. And I thought, no doubt, no doubt the enemy might try to frame God and how he might try to frame him and, and uh, make him look like he's an uncaring God and like he, he's not a compassionate God and he's an, an unloving God. But let me just say this, God is still God in the good times when, thing, when things is going well, when things is going right, when things is going smooth, he's still God. And I thought even in the depths of the darkest, deepest valley that we may go through and we may be going through a tough time and a rough patch, but I want you to know that God is still God. All hell may have broke loose in our family everything may be crumbling right at our fingertips but I want you to know God is still God and God is still in control no matter what and I thought let me just say this God is never changing he, he has never changed do you realize that he's the same the same God from eternity past is the same God today and the same God from eternity to come, He never changes, thank God. He's constant and He's consistent. He's steady. He's faithful. Even when I'm not, He is still God. And He's still in control. And I thought about, I thought about the trouble. The trouble that this woman was facing and, and the trouble that was in her life. You know, she didn't throw in the towel. She didn't uh, just wave the white flag and she didn't surrender. But I believe, I believe that she held on until restoration come. The Bible says that things were restored unto her. And I want to preach just uh, for the next little bit on this thought tonight. The God of restoration. The God of restoration. I'm glad to know that God, hey, He's a God that will restore everything unto you. And I believe even more than what we can ever imagine. He can give whatever you've lost, whatever you may, uh, may have lost in the past, whatever you may have lost today, whatever you may lose tomorrow. Hey, He's a God that can grant it back. He's a God that can restore it back. He's a God that can hand it right back to you. And as you go back, you think about this. Paul said... He said in uh, Galatians, he said that if we faint not, in due time we'll reap. And that tells me that we've got to keep going. That tells me we can't lay down and give up and wave the white flag of surrender, but we've got to keep pressing on. We've got to keep moving on. But I thought about this in, in 2 Kings chapter number 4. And I, I'm, I know we read our, our passage of Scripture. We read it out of 2 Kings chapter number 8, but I want to go back and we're going to be in chapter 4. I may not physically go back there and, and read anything, but we're, we're going to be drawing from uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 quite a bit here in the next little bit. But I thought the Bible refers to this Shunammite woman they don't give her by name they don't give her uh, her, her particular name here but they call her a great woman in second kings chapter number four and we know that she is a shunammite woman and i believe this the bible says that at times that elisha would pass by her home and I believe that he, different times throughout the day and throughout his ministry, he would, he would pass by her home. And the Bible says that many times that she would feed him. She would ask him in and give him bread. And I thought about, you know, I believe that God was aligning things up. I believe that God, uh, there was times that, that 
Elisha would pass through Syria and Samaria and he would go that way and go that route to different places that he might be going. But I believe this one particular day and this one particular time, I believe that God was... Let me just say this. It wasn't a coincidence when he walked by the place there this day when, when the, the great miracle happened in her life. But I thought... And we'll get there, Lord willing, here in just a moment. But I thought God was aligning things up in His life and He was aligning things up in her life because she had something that He needed and He had something that she needed. And I thought, how often in my life maybe God has prepared me to face somebody in my day. And maybe somebody is, or God is preparing somebody to face me in, in my day, in my burden, in my need. And there might be times when I might have something for somebody else. And there might be times that somebody might have something for me. And I thought about this. I believe that we ought to just align up with God's will for our life. I believe we ought to just stay in line and stay in tune. You know, you think about your vehicle. If your vehicle, the front end gets out of alignment, what's going to happen? The tires aren't going to wear right. It's going to cause flat places on your tire and it's going to have a thump. It's not going to ride right. It's not going to be smooth. But I thought if we stay in line with God, hey, everything's going to work out. It's going to stay in tune. It's going to line right up. God's got plans for my life. He's got plans for your life. And we ought to just align ourselves with God's will for our life because I believe that God's got people in my path that I need to witness to. And I believe that He's got people in your path that you need to witness witness to. I thought about that tonight and I believe, let me just say this, let's not waste our time. We don't have time to go out here and get out of an alignment. We don't have time to, to go out here and try it on our own and do it our way. We need to stay in line with God. Make, make sure that we're in alignment with Him. And I thought, notice, you'll notice that they welcome this man of God into their home. You'll find in 2 Kings chapter number 4 that they welcomed him in and, and oftentimes that they would, they would give him bread and give him something to eat. And, and, and then, so, so would you agree with me that they opened up their hearts? They opened up their, their, their hearts. They opened up their home to this man and he came in. And I thought that you'll read on and it says that they prepared a meal for him. They give him the bread to eat and they prepared a meal for him. And, I, and, and you can see that, that they opened up their hearts and they opened up their hands. They, they provided for him. And because of that, the Bible says, now I believe this is, a, this is a, a, a extraordinary word, they perceived, the Bible says, that she perceived that he was a man of God. Now God didn't tell her that, but I believe because of, of his actions and the way he conducted himself, I believe that she perceived it. But but you think about this. I thought the very fact that she opened up her heart, she opened up her home, she opened up her hands. Hey, wasn't it maybe because that God opened up her eyes because that she done those things and she witnessed and ministered to the man of God. And I thought about this. I thought there's never been a time. Let me just say this. God's going to take care of His own. There's never been a time in my life when I've been in need. And I thought about Elisha right here. How that she had bread prepared for him. He was the man of God. And how that she was sustaining his life because I believe he was the man of God that, that, was, that was placed in her life at that time. And I thought about this. I thought, you think about, you think about how that she perceived in herself that He was the man of God. And I believe that God opened her eyes and allowed her to realize that by her willingly opening up her home and her heart and her hands and giving 
unto that man of God. And I thought, I thought about, you know, how many times we just ought to stay in line with God. We ought, to, we ought to just stay in line with God. And I believe that God will work things out in our life that nobody else can. My goodness, you think of what God has done in your life, what God has done in my life. And I thought you notice this. Notice that it wasn't long that because of that, they perceived, she perceived that, that this was a man of God. And I wonder, I wonder tonight, is God trying to line somebody up? Is God trying to line you up tonight? Does God have something in store for you? But I thought about this woman and how that no doubt she consulted with her husband. And the Bible goes on to say there in, the, in Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4 that they built this chamber on the side of their home for this man Elisha, for the man of God. In other words, would you agree with me that they made room for God in their home? They made room for the man of God and for things that God was doing in their home. And I thought how important that is. You know what I believe we need to do? I believe we just need to make room for God. I believe we ought to expand and I believe we ought to, we ought to grow and I believe we ought to open up our arms and I believe we ought to open up our homes and I believe that we ought to make room for God. I thought about this. I thought that, that she made space for God. She, in, in other words, God became a priority in her life. The things of God, the man of God and what he was doing became priority in her life. In other words, she partnered herself with the man of God. And I thought when she done that, things begin to happen in her life. And I, wanna, I want you to notice some of those things here in just a moment. But I thought, I, thought about, I thought about how this woman opened up her home and literally expanded the size of her home and made room for the man of God to come in. And how that she made room for the things of God in her home. And I thought, you know, there was one day that Elisha, he was in that chamber. And his servant Gehazi was with him. And how the, the Bible says that this woman was barren and she had not a son. And the Bible also says that her husband was old. And how that Elisha was laying there on the bed that had been prepared for him and in that room that had been prepared for him. And there was a, there was a stool there and there was a light there and, and all those things I believe represent something. But we're not getting into that today, but I thought how Elisha was laying there and no doubt I believe he began to thank God for what had happened in his life and, and the provisions that were made there in that, in that little house for just, just for him. And I thought maybe he began to think about that woman. And no doubt that maybe he began to talk to his servant Gehazi there. And, and I thought that maybe, maybe he asked the question, well, what, what is that woman in need of? And I believe that Gehazi spoke up. And you know, he knew that, he knew that she was barren. He knew that her husband was old. And, and I believe that perhaps Elisha knew that she wanted a son. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, when we make space for God, when we make room for God in our lives, 
We may not even have to ask for it. I thought there's, there might be times if we, if we just open up our doors and, and, and build on a, a little bit, if you will, spiritually speaking, and we add on and make room for God, I believe that God's about to do great things in our life. And I thought that no doubt that Elisha went to, the, went to her and told her that from this time next year, that she's going to bear a son and give a son. And I believe that she, caught, she basically thought they were crazy. said, don't lie, don't lie to me. And how they explained to him, and then it wasn't long, it wasn't long, about three or four months later, behold, there she became pregnant. And it wasn't about a year, a year from, uh, from the time that Elisha spoke to her until the time that she gave birth was about a year span, the Bible says. And I thought, you know, you know that she didn't even, she didn't even ask for that. But all she done was made room for God. All she done was made more room for God in her home and in her life. And I thought, you know what? We may not even have, we may not even ask for it, but I believe this. We've got no doubt every one of us has got needs in our life. I believe we ought to just make room for God. We may not ask for the, for the, the home on the hill. We might not ask for the car in the driveway, but you know what? I believe He's a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think in our lives. Hey, He's a God that can go above and beyond. He's a God that can do great and mighty things. But you know, you think about this. You think that it wasn't long. It wasn't long that after one verse after, if you read in 2 Kings chapter 4, you'll find that one verse after she gave birth to her son, you know what happened? He lost his life. He died. And you know what? We might be able to sit back. We might be able to point fingers at God and, and mock God and laugh at God and say, Lord, why, why did this happen? And how did you allow this to happen? But you know, you know the, enemy, the enemy does not want you to have the blessing. Would you agree that that son was a blessing to her? No doubt he was. And the enemy, he wants to destroy. He's out to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he wants to rob you of everything that God has given you. And I thought he'll do just that. Even, even after the fact, you think about, uh, I, I believe that when we, when we make room for God and we expand and we give God more space in our life and we allow God to come in, and no doubt I believe when, we, when that happens, I believe that great and mighty things are about to take place in our life. I believe that. I believe that God's going to bless the individual that makes more room in their life for Him. I believe that with all my... Whether any... With, if anybody else does or not, I believe that if we make room for God, He's going to bless the individual that does just that. And I thought how that these things may begin to birth in our life. That these blessings may begin to birth and to grow in our life. And I thought about this young boy. And no doubt he was a blessing to this Shunammite woman. But it wasn't long, one verse after he was born, he dies. And we know that the enemy does not want her to have the blessing. If he, can't, if he can't get it at conception, he's going to get it when he can. And I thought, no doubt, he wants to take everything. He wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to rob you of, of, of everything that God has given you. He wants to take it from you. But I thought about that verse that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. The Bible says this. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which, is, which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I thought what God has started in my life, what God has started in your life, God wants to perform those things and see those things 
come about in your life. No matter what Satan wants to, uh, he wants to drag you down. He wants to hinder you. He wants to pull you down and rob you of the things that God has given you. And I thought about how that we can claim the victory and, and, and see those miracles birth in our life and see those great things uh, birth and come to grow in our life. And I thought about, I thought about this woman and how, how that she watched the man of God work. And no doubt she had seen things in her past and knew that, knew that she had to get a hold of the man of God when, when the child died. And, and, but when, when he died, you know what she did? She picked him up and she took him and laid him in the bed in the very room that she built for the man of God. And I thought about when she took him in there and laid him on that bed, I thought, you know, she made room for things for, for the things of God. She made more room for God. And I thought the very thing that she the very area of her life that, that she made room for God for, now I believe that she's going to see God do a great thing. In that, in that very room that no doubt she labored and sacrificed and worked hard over. <laughs> she calls her servant. And she saddles the ass and she goes and, and they find Gehazi and there he has the staff. You can read this in Second Kings chapter 4. And Gehazi takes the staff and he goes in to the chamber and there lays the little boy. And he takes the staff and he lays it up on the young boy Nothing happens. And she says, we need the man of God. And it wasn't long Elisha came. And Elisha, the Bible says that Elisha... But let me, let me just say this. Elisha gets there and sees the boy laying there dead. And, and the staff is laying up on him and nothing happens. And Elisha asked the question. Basically, he's asking her, how are you doing? Now here lays her son. He's, die, he's dead. Done, done, life is done passed out of him. You know what she said? She said, it is well. And I thought, no, no doubt what she was facing in this life, no doubt the, the circumstances that she... There laid her dead son, but she can look beyond those and see what God was about to do and knew that the God of heaven was going to do great and mighty things in her life. And she said, it is well. What a place to be. I thought we... The world may be falling at our feet. Our families may be broken up. Our homes may be, be battered and torn down. and We may be losing our job, whatever it may be. But you know what? We can still say it is well. If we know the God of heaven, I know this. I know that... The, what, what, wasn't it David that said, I have been young and now I'm old? Yet will I not see the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread? In other words, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of me. But she said, it is well. And I thought, no doubt, the Bible says that Elisha come in and he prayed and he laid himself upon that boy. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, nose to nose. And it wasn't long that that boy began to sneeze. The Bible says that he sneezed seven times. And he come up out of there. Now what, do, what normally do we say when somebody sneezes? Bless you. Would you agree that that young lad was blessed that day? And no doubt that that, that Shunammite woman, she received the blessing because it all started when she began to expand and make room for God. And she's seen the great things happen in her life. 
And I thought about, we're going back, go back to, well, you think about this in verse number 7 there in chapter number 4, you'll find before she even touches the lad, after the fact that he's risen, after the fact that he's sitting there with life in him, been raised from the dead, the Bible says that she bowed herself and she went to her knees. And I believe she began to give thanks to the God of heaven for what God has done in her life. You know, when God does something in our life that nobody else can do, you know what we ought to do? We ought to praise Him. We ought to thank Him for what He's done. Don't take those things and those times for granted. When God moves in your life, we ought to appreciate the fact that He's moved in our life and thank Him for it. But we see here, Going back to 2 Kings chapter number 8. This is sometime later. And I believe that I believe that the prophet of God, the man of God, I believe that he prophesied and told her the great things that was going to happen. He told her that she was going to conceive and, and bring forth a son. But, but he didn't just tell her the good things. Yeah, I believe that's the difference between a true prophet. He's going to tell you whether you like it or not. You remember when Nathan went to David and David had committed a great crime, a great sin and how that he looked and he saw another, another man's wife, Uriah the Hittite, the Bible says, and, and, and he, he inquired of her. And in fact, he sent servants and they brought her to him and, and David went in to be with her and it wasn't long she was with child. And we, you know the story how David, how David brought your... He found, he found out about it and, he, and, and Uriah was out in the battle fighting with his family and fighting for Israel. And how that David brought him back and he said, I'm going to cover up my own sin. He brought him back and, and give him meat and give him wine and different things and, and, and basically said, go on in and be with your wife. He was trying to cover up his sin. But Uriah knew that his family was out on the battle and, and, he, and he, wouldn't, he, he, he laid on the stool, on the stoop there, wouldn't even go in, laid on the porch. Wouldn't even go in unto her. And we know that David wrote out his death certificate basically. Handed it to Uriah and said give this. I believe it was Joab if I remember right. Give it to Joab and basically what, what it said. It said to put Uriah the Hittite in the hottest part of the battle and withdraw yourself from him. And Uriah was killed. Nathan come to him. The prophet Nathan told him about a, a king that had everything on the hillside and there was a little old poor family that lived over here that had one sheep. And there was a sojourner that came through to visit with the king and instead of the king going out and getting one of his many sheep or many, many lambs that he had on the hillside, he went and took the very one that the little poor family had and took it in and, and gave to his sojourner. Boy, David was mad. He was hot and he was... He said, surely that man must die. But I believe long before Nathan told him that, I believe Nathan was out in the bushes heaving because he had a message for the king. And I believe he looked him right in the the face and he said, thou art the man. And how David was confronted with his sin that day. But you think about, you think about this, this woman here and how that, the man of God prophesied and told her the good things and told her the bad things and told her that there was a famine coming and how that he even told her to go down. Now, now she, 
Could you imagine just going off of what somebody said? Go, you need to leave here for seven years. Get away from here for seven years. How many of us would pack up and leave? And I thought how she obeyed the man of God. And you know there was expiration date on that. He, he didn't come to her and say, there's a famine coming, leave. We have no idea when it's going to end. When it, when it's going to end. But she took the man of God at his word. And it had an expiration date. And I thought, you know, we may be going through rough times. We may be going through uh, rough patches in our life. But there's expiration dates on those. And I thought about, she went down to the land of the Philistines, the land of the giants. And how that she abode there. And I believe I could just imagine as she has left everything that she ever knew and she went down to this land of the Philistines. And I could imagine in my mind that she's just probably just trying to survive. Just trying to get by. And no doubt that she's counting down the days for seven years because she knows that seven years I'm going to get to go back home. And I believe she was counting down the days. Well, lo and behold, 2,555 days pass. And she goes back up to the land of Israel. And I thought about that very time, and I don't think it was a coincidence that Gehazi was in next to the king. And he was telling, and, and the king requested that Gehazi tell the stories of Elisha, tell of the great miracles that Elisha had done. And I believe as Gehazi began to tell about the boy that had lost his life and lay dead on the bed there in the chamber that was built for Elisha, how that Elisha went in and, and laid down upon him and brought life back to that young lad. And I believe about the time, now here's a woman. Women aren't supposed to approach the king. But I thought that she had access to the king. She had perhaps lived in a, a play, in a land of literal hell for the last seven years of her life, lost everything that she had, but thank God she had access to the king. Could I tell you tonight, you may, you may lose everything you've got. You may be come to the very end of life as we know it, but I, hey, thank God you have access to the king. I have access to the king. And I thought she came in unto the king. About the very time, I believe the atmosphere was just right. I believe that Gehazi was, was, was laying it on how Elisha had done that great miracle that day. And lo and behold, around the corner here pops this woman, this Shunammite woman with her son. And I believe that Gehazi was shocked. I believe, I believe he looked about the time he said that, that that boy was brought to life. Lo and behold, here comes the Shunammite woman with that boy. And he said, look, king, there, there she is, the very woman that I'm speaking of right now, the very boy that was dead and now is alive right before us. There he is. And I believe the king spoke to her and said, are, are you the one that he's speaking of? And I thought the king, you know, he, he didn't have to listen to her. He could have run her plum off. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to listen to what she had to say. But you know what? The king... He brought back to restoration everything that she had lost. He, she came to him and acquired of her home and of her, of her land. She had lost everything when she left. And how that the king offered it back. And he, you know, he went above and beyond. No, notice, notice what it says there in verse number 6. It says, And when the king asked the woman, she told him, 
So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers. So everything that she lost, she got it back. But notice what it says. I like this. It says, let me find it. And, and all the fruits, notice this, and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land. In other words, every fruit tree that she had on that property that would bring forth an apple, that would bring forth a, a pear, that would bring whatever it was for a period of seven years, it was going to be restored back to that woman. And I thought, you think about a God that can go above and beyond anything that we can ever ask or think. You think about a God that, hey, He's not limited to just what we can even think. He's not limited to what we ask, but thank God He'll go above and beyond. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, we've got access to the King. And you may need restored here tonight, whatever it may be. There might be a broken relationship. There might be a, a broken marriage. Your faith may be in shambles. Your joy may be a plumb out the door somewhere. There's a God in heaven that can restore absolutely everything and even more than what we've ever lost to you tonight. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight, please?